VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. What's up, Fungal Associates? Welcome to Completely Arbitrary, the podcast about trees and other related topics. I'm one of your hosts. My name is Alex. And across the way... Hello! <laughs> across the canyon yonder. Yeah, it's just me. I'm right here. It's Casey Clapp. Alex, uh, when we first started our show... Uh, you didn't quite pick up on trees and other related topics. And a couple uh-huh. times you said things like, we're talking about trees and other such things. I really like that. <laughs> yeah. like, it doesn't say exactly what it, what it is, but uh, I, just, I love the idea of other such things. I remember this. Which and I always tickles me. In terms of like branding and like brand identity and cohesion, uh-huh. uh, I'm really glad that you pushed trees and other related topics. Thank you. Because it's now like synonymous with our show. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. Uh, at feels, least in my brain. It feels like it makes the, it makes good sense too. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm um, glad to hear you say that. Thank it's you. a nice, and, I'm, and when people ask me what, you know, what are you, what do you do for a living? I say, I have a podcast. They say, oh, it's, what's it about? I, say, I always say it's about trees and other related topics. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. It's yeah. great. I feel a little bit silly saying it cause I'm like, eh, I could just give you our slogan. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, Case. Alex Croson, today's not as hot as it was yesterday. Uh, that's true. What are what are we down? Two degrees from 100 I, I to so. 98? I think it's not just 90 in the 90s today? Is it 98? Back in know. the 90s. It is 93 currently. Okay, well, it's only... But it's a, a high of 100 today. We, we bring this up on the show because it's all consuming. Yes, it is. It's very hot. Um, and then and it's, it's dropping down to the 80s next week, Case. Oh, good. The cool 80s. Yeah, this weekend especially. Well, one thing I... Uh, this reason why we bring it up is right next to me, to my left, is the air conditioning <sighs> unit for this area that we're sitting in your apartment yeah yeah and without uh it on it gets a bit toasty it does and we can't have it on because if it was then it would be like this the whole time (sighs) (laughs) yeah and and this would be uh, unlistenable yeah it wouldn't be great i have a plug-in that remove it's pretty good at removing noise like background noise Mm -hmm. in fact in the in the trailer for this plug-in the video trailer they one of the examples they show is an air conditioner. Oh no way! Uh, and they they show the dial being turned up and the change in the sound. Yeah, you know? and it it works pretty well. So we could Ooh. we could wing it, we could try it, nah. but um, we'd rather just roast to death. I'm, I'm a purist. <laughs> yeah, yeah, purist. Yeah, you know. See, this is how you keep me from going on tangents. Oh yeah, at least too long a tangent. You're just eager to get done, so yeah, you can go sit each, in the AC. Each tangent's another degree. <laughs> you know? Well, Casey, uh, this. Week's episode is about a tree. Shocker. Wild. And that tree is the silver 
Linden. Yes, indeed. It's Which, been a long time since we've done a Linden. It's been a long time, been a long mm-hmm. time, been a long, lonely, lonely, lonely time. Yeah, it really has. Thanks as, for saying uh, it. As Robert Plant said, I think. Yes, I believe he did say that. I was honestly trying to be like, what is that lyric from? <laughs> oh, my God. Do you want to know what first jumped into my head? I think Chumbawamba. Oh, interesting. Are those, are those, uh, am I near there? Yeah, oh, I yeah. think Led Zeppelin is pretty similar to Chumbawamba. I think you're right. Which is, and to be very clear, they are similar to Chumbawamba, not the other way exactly. around. Exactly. I mean, they're both from the, the British Isles. Is that true? Uh, Chumbawamba, Chumbawamba is an Irish band, I and Led Zeppelin's British. I didn't know that. No, yeah. So basically, the same band. Yeah. Of, a, of an ilk. Yeah. I mean, it's like they're, they're sort of, what's that called? Um, a, uh, a spiritual successor. Yes. You know? <laughs> Yes. Oh, that makes my day. Um, so, Casey, today we're talking Silver Linden, which is Tilia Tomentosa. Yes, indeed. What does that name come from, Tomentosa? Tomentosa means it is hairy. It's got a little pubescence on it. Oh. So, Tomentos means uh, there's hair on it. Really? Yes. I've never heard this word, Tomentos. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's what it means. I wonder if it's at all related etymologically to comatose. Oh, I don't know. Maybe. That's a very good question. I don't know the etymology of, of uh, um, like, suffixes yeah you know we don't we don't you don't hear about suffixes a lot it's all about that prefix yeah so honestly i just don't have a good answer for interesting you. but well i know that much we got some fun stuff to talk about today casey particularly um a, a sub a subject adjacent to which we've covered before yes it is and most people would think that we're talking about the same thing, uh-uh. bees and linden trees. Right. Oh, no. No, no, no. Oh, that was a sad tale, wasn't it, Case? It was, yes. This is a, our, our last time we talked about this. It was the little leaf linden, Tilia right. cordata. And it was uh, about the, the neonicotinoid pesticides yeah. that are sprayed on trees to control insects that also then kill beneficial insects like bees. Yeah. So, yeah, that was very sad. We talked about um, an incident in Wilsonville where uh, there was a lot of trees that got killed or got treated that killed a lot of bees by yeah. tens of thousands Awful. and caused like the state of Oregon to, to really put some legislation into place to make sure that doesn't happen again. Yeah, and if you want to hear that episode on that, Linden, uh, that one's called Wilsonville Bee Kill. Yeah. Search you can, for that. You can also go to, the, uh, um, go to this episode's uh, page on our website and there will be a link to it there. How about that? It's easy. It's called Synergy. Synergy, baby. <laughs> Synergy. Yeah. Oh, fuck it. Yeah, I think it was uh, good. That was good. That was good. That was, you know, a little, little foreshadowing there. Uh, we got lots more to say, but it's got to happen after a break. We'll be right back with more Completely Arbitrary. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Yes, yes, now you're pissed. That's right. Speaking of piss, welcome back. I'll keep that in. <laughs> to completely arbitrary. Oh, disgusting. Today we're talking about the silver linden. That's right. Um, I reckon that the name silver probably comes from uh, the shimmery nature of this tree's leaves, but we can talk about that. Or potentially the bark. I find that usually when a tree has a color associated with it, yes. it has to do with the foliage. Wow. What a reveal. Casey has... 
Casey has uh, a <laughs> rabbit out of the hatted, a little a little portion of branch from sure a sil- from a silver linden. I am pretty positive this is a silver linden that I found on a walk today that I took. Well, it's taken a little doggy named Dolly out on a little little stroll around the park. More synergy. And I found this uh, this tree, and I will say I'm pretty sure. But lindens are very hard to tell apart other than like oh. the little leaf linden because its leaves are like very small. Like sure. everything's in relativity, right? But I wanted to try to figure out if I could idea it. And I think I did. Amazing, Casey. But I brought it out to, to show you to say, yes, it is in fact the leaves. If I flip it over, you can see the bottom is very like, Wee! that's right. And the top is very dark green. Is, is that the sort of thing? What, what tree am I thinking of when it blows in the wind? It kind of looks like it's shimmering. Oh, you might like think light of the, shimmering on the, water. Like the quaking aspen, maybe? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah or yeah. different poplars, things yeah. like that. Is, yeah. that. is that a similar phenomenon? Um, it is, but this is, um, this is more of um, the leaves on the top are really dark green. Right. And on the bottom, they're a very bright light green. So they shimmer, but also it's silver because in the wind, they'll do this, but they also tend to have their leaves kind of flipped over a little mm. bit this one's been in my backpack so it's kind of flattened out a bit but if you go find them in there just growing out in a park along the street something like that and you look up you can see their leaves on the bottom and the top all over the place so they look like they're this two-toned tree okay got it well casey let's imagine as we do every episode that you and i are how about this case we're taking Dolly the dog for a walk in the park. Well, that How, sounds great. It's a little meta. And uh, we, we come across a little, uh, excuse me, I, I almost said little leaf linden, a silver linden. Silver linden. Let's ID that tree. I'm going to javelin this to you. you oh, ready? yes, please. Here we go. Nice. Nice. Okay, well, it doesn't quite fly like a, like a very well-made paper airplane, but there you have it. What an interesting assortment of parts. Yes, it's a very curious tree. So this is Tilia... Um, so this is Tilia tomentosa, which means it has little hairs on the bottom of those leaves that help give it that, mm. that color. Um, these, they're very either very small or they've kind of already rubbed away. You can see the leaves kind of look like they've been kind of, kind of hit a bit. Yeah. I have a feeling that kids or something have kind of bashed this specific twig a little bit. Interesting. That I don't know why. Maybe something drove underneath it. Like, is that a park? So maybe they had a, um, a lawnmower kind of come through, something mm-hmm. like that. I'm not sure, but it looks like this leaf got a little bit bashed up. Interesting. Yeah, so, it's 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 been it's been through it a bit. It almost yeah. it, parts of it almost look like it's been assaulted by a an insect. Yeah, it kind of does. I think it probably has a little bit of both going on. Yeah. Um. So again, I I haven't got um a bit from another tree that I'm sure is a. Uh, a tomentose linden mm. because um, as I was driving here, I stopped at a heritage tree and it is known as the same tree. Usually they get that ID pretty well on. So I was like, sweet, I'm just going to go snag a little mm. twig from this, but they're all too high. So I couldn't get one to compare. Oh, shoot. So I'm pretty sure because I looked up my favorite website, the uh, Oregon state landscape plant put together by a lovely guy named Patrick B- Breen, I always want to say bean, but it is B-R-E-A-N. I, I kind of thought conifers.org was your favorite. It is, yes. But I guess when, when I have to choose a different one because yeah. this is not a conifer. But yeah, sure. it is one of my favorites. Both those, they're, they're uh, undeniable. <laughs> Either of them. But so the first thing, we'll just talk about, you know, what the what you're looking at in your hand. Yeah. Is it's an alternately arranged uh, broadleaf tree. It's deciduous. Each of its leaves are simple, and they 
tend to grow pretty quickly and the trees themselves get really large, like up to a hundred and hundred or so feet for this one. Mm. But most of the time, if it's not in its native habitat in the forest, you'll probably see it 50 to 70 is what I've read uh, quite a bit. Cool. So not giant, not small, but the big thing is the leaves are these two-toned things. So the whole canopy looks like you have this white and this green right next to each other all the time. It's beautiful. And they kind of layer themselves in a really fun way. A lot of the pictures will show the leaves. And if you go to um, the Oregon State website, as the twig comes out, they have this really cool picture. Some of the leaves are upside down. Some of them are right side up. And then you have the bracts of the fruit and the foliage or the flowers right down the middle. So it kind of goes, there's like this ski thing going down the middle with these big flat pads on the side. Wow. So the twigs kind of have this very specific look, and then that helps create a whole look for the canopy as well. Yeah, when I said an assortment of parts, uh, you know, there's the leaves, you have the little fruits, yeah, but then the bracts that are carrying the fruit, exactly. to me, I mean, you know, uh, some bracts look more like modified leaves than others. Uh-huh. These are just look like leaves. They do, yeah. They're very skinny, right? Yeah. Yeah. So the, uh, the, the leaves, they also chordate, um, which wow. means their bases are like heart-shaped. They have like two lobes, but they're also oblique. So their lobes are not perfectly symmetrical. One's kind of up and the other goes down. Oh, I see that. Interesting. Yeah. So lindens will do that while huh. the whole rest of the leaf kind of maintains this very nice heart shape. And then this one in particular also has a very acuminate tip. So if you look at the tip of those leaves, yeah. they just kind of go rounded, rounded, then all of a sudden they're like, and they end in this little peak. Yep. So it's always kind of funny because it looks it looks very forced on some of them where it looks like just the very tip just kind of says, nope, I'm going to grow up and I'm just going to go out, out here. <laughs> it's sort of like, a, what, are, what are those called? Canopy... Uh Emergent? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's a good point. It's an emergent canopy tip. It is an emergent tip. Yeah. So to speak. And then, so to speak. We have to mark this, this episode not safe for work. Yeah, you can't, you can't don't listen to this with your coworkers. <laughs> don't look at it with your coworkers either. Um, but yeah, so if you, um, if you flip it over those leaves, on the top, they're very dark, kind of lustrous, maybe a little dull, depending on where they're found, mm-hmm. green. And you flip them over, and they're almost like this bright white, green where the green is is so muted where you just would say oh it looks more white than green yeah i would call it like a really light sage yes perfect description so the next thing obviously that you noted on there is the fruit and the bracts yeah so this is as a linden a tree that creates a gigantic display of flowers in the spring Mm. And those flowers are connected on a little cluster called a cyme, which is C-Y-M-E. Cyme. Cyme, yeah. And so if you look at the the little fruit there, which the fruit is like little circular balls, that's actually a dry droplet. I was going to say they look like droops. Yeah, they, they totally are, except they dry out instead of staying kind of fleshy. Oh, interesting. And they will hang down in the same formation as the flowers because, of course, each little globe there is the mature ovary of the flower. So each one of those represents one flower. So if each of these is a flower... Yeah, was, um, was a flower. If each of these was a flower... Does that mean these are um, not panicles, but uh, 
what do you call what do you call like a little group of flowers? Well, this this is that's what it's called. The cyme is what it is. Oh, I, I'm yeah. thinking of something else, I suppose. So it is a cyme, as this particular kind where it branches out. So you have one stem that comes out, then it branches out over here. Then another one kind of keeps going down and branches out over here, and then another one branches out over there. Mm. And they're not necessarily flattened. They tend to kind of be flattened at the bottom, but they hang downwards. Okay. A panicle is one that grows up branches with a kind of single spike with branches that comes off of it, and then yeah. those branch again. But it creates this uh, this kind of upright and conical looking thing. Right. Whereas there's other things like umbels that grow up and then they have this flat topped bit and they all come from one exact central location. So that central location splits into several different things and then those all come up and they create this kind of flat top. It like the carrot family stuff. Right, right, right. So okay. this is just a little bit different um, in that it doesn't uh, it doesn't all come from one spot and they don't all come from different spots. They kind of just, one comes out over here, another one comes out over there, this one's kind of over there and they just kind of Go out wherever they they feel good. I gotcha. And then each one of those stems of the flowers, Mm -hmm. they come back and they fuse together and then they're fused to the midrib of a floral bract. Yeah. Which is a modified leaf, as you noted earlier. I don't think I've ever seen anything like this, Casey. It's very strange. So it comes from the stem and then this bract just kind of opens up and it looks to me like a thumb is how I imagine it. Mm-hmm. Then halfway down that thumb, like where your first uh, kind of the the knuckle is or where that the, where your thumb bends and you have kind of the, the, uh, the little, the little folds. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. The weenus of your thumb. Yeah. Imagine right there, you have this little stem that pops off and then splits off into these little flowers. It's very odd. It's very strange, but so easy to remember. Once you see that, it's a linden, no question. There's, oh, interesting. There's, there's just nothing else that has flowers or fruit just like that. So the where the stem of the flower connects yeah. to the bract, yeah. it almost looks like the stem becomes the mid-vein of yes, the bract. Yes, exactly. Um, and it's almost exactly halfway down. Yeah. It's it is exactly that you you've it, those are very telltale. It does it almost exactly halfway all the time. It's very curious. So that's just uh, I mean the point of Brax is like kind of unknown, right? So for the most part. Well, some of them do things like in dogwoods. The Brax have been modified. The leaves have been modified rather into Brax for the floral display. They're right. sitting there to say, come come to me, I am a beautiful flower. But like the mouse butts in a Douglas fir, we don't really know. Yeah, they're they're just there as a part of the cone, you mm-hmm. know. They are uh, a, a part of something that is ancient, that is coming from the evolution of those plants just because they kept growing there. And the trees that had those were the most successful ones. Why? Not necessarily sure. You're exactly okay. right. We call that an eco... Uh, oh, don't tell me ecological anachronism yes exactly but we don't know if this is technically because an ecological anachronism would be something that developed for a purpose oh I and see. now that purpose is no longer applicable yeah like so a, this um, um uh, what's it called osage orange yes exactly perfect yeah this is more of a um an ecological uh, there's a term for it and i can't remember what it is oh mm. i'm gonna have to look this up okay um it's like a the the tailbone kind of the appendage oh yeah it's it's this uh this thing that exists that doesn't really have any use anymore and maybe could be on its way to be evolved away mm. um it just happens to still be there okay Ooh, we'll, I'll figure out what that is, and then we'll, we'll, we'll tell you. Okay. Well, Casey, speaking of the fruit of this uh, of this little this, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna make that mistake a million times. Silver linden. Yes. Um, I broke one open uh-huh. in my palm. It's very dry and woody. Yeah, for sure. Um, 
It has kind of a nice smell to it. Ooh, I'm not surprised. It's kind of sweet. Okay. I don't think I've ever fresh. smelled a, a new fresh one. I mean, it smells like f- kind of like fresh um, foliage. It just kind of has like a fresh spring kind of smell to it. Let's see if we can hear the Casey's brain. breaking one open. <laughs> that was just, that was just, you got to get rid of that. That was horrible. Yeah, I guess it kind of does, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, I quite like that smell. It makes sense. Yeah, it smells like a little bit like a cut grass or something. Yes, very, yeah. very leafy. Totally, cut grass. Yep, that's what it is. Yeah, well, so these little guys are seeds, and apparently they will immediately germinate, or if they don't immediately germinate because the conditions are perfect right then, mm-hmm. then they'll take 18 months to germinate. Interesting. Yeah, so they'll just kind of wait it out for like the next fall. <laughs> but like, They're like, now's not a good time. Yeah, Give I guess me it would be, a year and a half. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I, I don't know exactly why, but the bract wow. is apparently only there to help uh, let the um, the fruit kind of flutter just outside mm. of the canopy of the main tree and then it would grow up there again. So smart. Very smart, but it's not very like effective, which mm. is really interesting because there's like a bunch of species of tilia, like up to 30 or like 45, I guess. I've, I've read a couple different things, so I think there's still some, how many species do we actually have nest to here? But it's very curious, Alex, mm. that they're so successful, yet they are also just like their fruit is not eaten by anything. Yeah. It doesn't like specifically fly away in a really like, good job kind of way it just kind of goes <laughs> right over there and you're like yeah, where that's as far as you're gonna go and it's like yeah baby i mean i will say casey i, I is there one seed per fruit i think I, that's what i'm saying i think so yeah to be a droop i believe that is a case yeah. oh sure um maybe it's maybe it's a numbers game it's like oh yeah some of these are gonna make it outside the, the somehow they're canopy gonna go. range they got a sale on them so maybe one will catch on you know a big thing yeah and yeah, after all it is a you know it is a tree it, it doesn't have that much control over yeah what it does so it just kind of continues yeah so it's a good very good point mm. and this is an example of a wind pollinated fruit and a insect pollinated flower interesting because we did note that the flower itself is pro prolific like it is covered each one of those individual bracts for our species has about five to ten flowers per cluster yeah some of those don't turn into fruit and they kind of get aborted because they didn't get fertilized Mm. and then you get a fewer amount of fruit than you do actual flowers that existed okay but they are just a bee haven bee love it oh i see I, th- I thought you were saying they were behaving oh is in not misbehaving yeah i gotcha that's that would be a great title for the episode misbehaving misbehaving baby <laughs> well so apparently alex this is something that i think is very curious that i wanted to bring up it's alleged that the flowers are narcotics oh to bees to, be, to bees yes what does that mean for a bee? So the flowers contain the substance called mannose, and it's M A N N O S E. Okay. And it's this this kind of sugar. It's called a monomer, so it's just like not a polymer, which means it's not a long chain. It's just one molecule, and it apparently is toxic to some bees, which mm. I don't really understand. So apparently, the little leaf linden makes them all over the place. And this is in the flower flower. itself. Casey? Yes, the flower produces this. Okay. So it's produced by the flower, and so some things have said that it's a toxic component for bees and bees will will die. But 
it's also very explicit. Like in the Wikipedia article, for example, it says this is incorrect. But bees like fall asleep. And this is something that people know about bees. They essentially get tired, just fall asleep in a flower, wake up, and they're like, oh, and then they continue on their their Really? Oh, that's so precious. It is the most adorable thing you could ever imagine. Oh, my God. (laughs) But apparently, this is like, um, this also happens like if a bee is like, there's not enough nectar, so it doesn't have enough energy. So it kind of will just kind of be like, I I don't have enough energy to fly. And it just kind of dies. Oh, I suppose. God, you know, you know what I imagine, Casey, is uh, sending like a hobbit down to the beer cellar oh, to yeah. get a keg, and you're like, <laughs> they've been gone for like 20 minutes, and you go down there, and they've drunk themselves asleep. Exactly. They just like, well, whoops. <laughs> so it'll be a little cute. bit late. I think that's kind of what it is. Wow. But the thing is, bees love the nectar from this. Yeah. This tree in all lindens. Like there was this uh, this legend about a um, a specific place that had um, a bunch of bunch of really good nectar. I think it was called uh, let me see High Blayen Mountains, and this is like a mountain area in on an I guess it's technically an island in very southern Italy. Mm. And this mountain had a bunch of lindens at the top, so people would collect honey from the bees that would go to these lindens, and they would be like, "This is the best." honey Ooh, ever wow like it's very well known as the best honey ever it comes from linden trees very often interesting so great cool we got all that we love these trees everything is spectacular right <laughs> well it turns out that bees go to these trees to get nectar from the flowers we call that floral nectar and then the honey that they create from that is called floral honey and nectar is sort of like, I know this is very basic stuff, but I honestly don't know that much about flowers and oh, yeah. pollination, Casey. Uh-huh. Um, I know that it happens. Um, <laughs> All right. I acknowledge its existence. Beyond yeah. that, I don't know. I will go that far. I'll go that far. Everything else tentative at best. <laughs> what a fucking nerd. Um, so I know that I know that a bee, uh, a bee doesn't really know it's pollinating. Like, uh, yeah, it just yeah, yeah. sort of like finds something sweet and that happens to be inside a flower and that's nectar. Yes. And it also collects the, the pollen itself. Right. So the yeah. pollen is like little particles, little dust mites yep. and those uh, are kind of get, you know, uh, attached to the bee's body it, yeah, in some way. All over the bee. Sometimes they're, they're covered. Like they just like are, you know, running through a bunch of snow and yes. they, or they're in a blizzard and, you know, they come yeah. into the house like a dog, like a sheep dog in snow and it comes yeah. in and has like clumps all over it. Exactly. But um, it also has like bags of, of, um, of pollen, like that it collects in sacks along its back legs. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So it has like, it's going out to collect all the pollen while also getting completely covered in pollen. Yeah. So the, the, the back legs thing, that's where it stores the nectar. No, it doesn't. It stores only pollen in the back legs. Okay. And that pollen then gets put into chambers and then it's young feed on the pollen. I had no idea. Yeah, so they eat the pollen. Oh, okay. I thought the pollen was completely coincidental to the bee. Oh, yeah. No, But it's integral. It is. It's integral, but it also is coincidental. They're going to the flower to collect the pollen to eat the pollen. They're also going to the flower because this nectar is produced by the flower to say, hey, bees, hey, other bugs, come here. Uh, Come here. Okay. And then they smell it and they say, oh, there, that's the, there's nectar over there. I'm drawn to that. It has the thing that I want. So they do two things when they stop at the flower. Yeah. They drink the pollen, yum, yum. Yep. 
and then they wait, wait, no, 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 no. Sorry, they drink the nectar. Oh, they yum, drink yum. the they drink the nectar. Yum yum. They collect the nectar for their young. They go back to the hive. Or excuse me, the nest. Yes. Well, I guess it depends on whether they're domesticated. Exactly. Exactly. We should. We should. Uh, quick side note: a yeah. nest is where wild bees live. Yeah. A hive uh-huh. is where bees live that are controlled by human. Hive is is a domesticated thing. Is a wooden box with the slats. Yeah, exactly. That's a hive. Um, so they bring it back to their little their little uh, precious home, their uh-huh. hexagonal home. Yep. Uh, and their hall of mirrors. Their hall of mirrors. <laughs> and, uh, they put the pollen in the in the little the little cubbies uh-huh. for the babies to eat. Yep. Um, and then what do they do with the nectar? Well, I'm so glad you asked. <laughs> it's Alex. almost like I'm setting you up on purpose, but I really wasn't. <laughs> so they do a couple things. This is really fun. So the honeybees they will suck the nectar through their proboscis, which is their little thing that's in the front, their little mouth part. Oh yeah, it's like a hollow tube. Oh, I love go, that. They suck it up. It's kind of cute. And they pull it into the first chamber in their stomach called a proventriculus. Okay. Which I thought was a great term. Proventriculus. Oh. Yeah, you got it. Proventriculus. Proventriculus. Yes, there's like several R's. Yes, that's the thing that's hanging me up. So, oh, okay. So that's like the the antechamber to their stomach? Uh, Pretty much, yeah. Okay. And so that's where they hold the nectar specifically. Wow. Then they would eat other things and that would go into their stomach, but also they will eat the nectar because the nectar has energy in it. It has sugars. Specifically, it has glucose, fructose, and sucrose. Huh. So it has those three sugars. And so the bees will go in there. They will drink some, eat it for energy. They'll store the rest in this little stomach compartment. Uh-huh. And then they have this enzyme that breaks down the sucrose into glucose and fructose. So now inside their stomach, they now basically only have glucose and fructose. Okay. Inside this little, this little thing. The they, nectar turns into... Or the nectar contains those things, yes. but they break it down in such a way where it's like basic components. Exactly. They, okay. they start with three different kinds of sugars, mm-hmm. and by the time they're done in their stomach, they only have two. I mean, in the way that we also break down food and absorb the minerals yeah, and exactly. leave a certain, you know. You got it. It's perfect. I won't, I won't say the word. Okay. It's fikis. Okay. Yes. Okay. It rhymes with feetsies. <laughs> kind of. Little feetsies. <laughs> Oh, I have to, I gotta go take a little feetsies. I gotta go get my check out my feetsies over here. <laughs> All right, I'm in a silly mood. Sorry. Oh, you stay right there, the Alex. Four cups of coffee I've had this morning. So oh, I'm gonna try to get off coffee. It's what Thich Nhat Hanh would do. <laughs> you wake up, meditate. When you're done meditating, be like, I need coffee. <laughs> I'm ready for a gallon according, of latte. According to my meditation <laughs> practice, I think it's very fair. Take and leave what you that's, need, Alex. Yeah, that's my insight. I, I awaken, I'm, I'm awakened, and I'm like, mm, an oat I latte would really hit the spot. Now, is that an irony with like uh, that, like your, your, zen, uh, your zen kind of uh, realizations are that you need to go like do something crazy? That's like not zen. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, hey. I mean, it's like, I mean, you know, uh, uh, in a similar way, the, uh, the the Crusades were a similar thing, Yeah, okay, right? yeah, it's very true. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> God told me I need to go kill a bunch of in Muslims. In order to create peace over the entire world, right. I need to kill everybody. Yes, yeah. yeah very, very, very true. <laughs> the, the bees then, now they have these two sugar molecules in this nice little nectar thing inside their, their stomachs. Yes. They then fly back home. They go home to their, their house, and it turns out they can also, I should note, they can carry half their body weight in nectar 
back with them. They're one of the most powerful wow. of all insects. Holy shit. Yeah, again, with also sacks full, filled with pollen yeah. on them and I, pollen covering the shit out of them. I did see on one of these like nature documentaries a, a, a bee struggling to yes, right? keep flight because it was so laden it's with crazy. pollen. Yeah, so they do that. They're, they're overachievers. That's amazing. Regard. I love them. So it'll take that back back over home. Once it gets to um, its its hive or its nest, it will then regurgitate that nectar and pass it between other worker bees. Wow. And so I say regurgitate because we have to use our own terms for what it is. I would be willing to bet it would be more appropriate to say they just store it in this one space, mm-hmm. happens to be inside and go through this like sucking tube, and then they just send it back out through that tube over to their other bee. Okay. I say this because people get really freaked out when you basically say, yeah, uh, the thing that we eat is just regurgitated, you know, basically B vomit that's passed from B A to B C to B B to B D and they just keep on <laughs> passing it until it gets down to 18% water. Once it <sighs> dries out, apparently it'd be like me spitting in your mouth. <laughs> oh, thanks. Until you sp- and then you spit in someone else's mouth until the spit that initially started with me is almost entirely not water. I am really not interested in this analogy. I knew you wouldn't be, which is why I said I should hesitate to say. <laughs> and then I didn't. I just steered straight into it. So sorry, everyone. Let's just say what it is. So it's distilling the uh, yes. distilling the um, nectar down. Exactly. And then once it gets down to 18%, apparently mold and bacteria can't grow on it. Oh, wow. It's not enough water. Okay. So once that happens, they Stunning. then put it into their little wax chambers that everyone knows and loves uh, mm-hmm. in these little hexagonal beehive things. They close it up, and now it is this this stored material that cannot go rancid because the water content is so low that mold and bacteria can't grow on it. That's incredible. It doesn't go bad. Honey does not go bad. It really, it doesn't go bad. I, I wonder if the, you know, um, if the, what is the food, uh, agriculture, uh, federal, F, it's not FDA. That's the Drug Administration. Yeah, I think it's your, your thing. It's like the Department of Agriculture, Food and, Food and Drug Administration. They're the ones yeah, that yeah, do, yeah. do the expiration dates and things yeah. like that. Yeah. I wonder if I wonder if they put expiration dates on on uh, commercial oh, honey. They do. They put it on everything for dumb reasons. Yeah. 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 Interesting. So go watch a Climate Town about that. And Climate Town, oh. if you hear this, give us a call back, would you? We love, we love you, you Climate Town. We just want to be with you. <laughs> we want to be with you romantically. He's starting a new podcast, so maybe I'll reach out and say, hey, you know, we gotta, let's make this happen. We could be the first th- thruple podcasters. God, wouldn't that be great? <laughs> He's so much funnier than we are. Uh, yeah, anyway, I like that guy a lot. So, uh, so they put it in these little these little packs, and yeah. they, they hold it, and now they have it there, and then they eat it over the entire winter time but oh, they wow. also eat a bunch of it early in the season and then they get they build up and they basically use all their honey to create a big strong hive and then all those bees go out they forage for all their different uh, things they bring it back and then they just use it the entire winter time so if we take honey away we're taking away the winter food stores oh. that bees have made for themselves Wow, Casey. So yeah. I'm I'm interested in the timeline here. This all happens over one season. Holy shit. Yes. This goes from early spring to late 
summer. Wow. And then they go and hibernate, or they go and, I don't know if they technically uh, hibernate, but they uh-huh. just kind of overwinter in their hive. I yeah. Think they, I think they kind of sleep, they just kind of go and hum very quietly oh, for a while. Oh, that's so cute. Yeah, oh my God, sure I think like I that. love bees. They are, they're great. I have some, some sad news though. It takes 12 bees their entire life to make one teaspoon of honey. That's incredible. 12 bees their entire life. I mean, it is, it is, uh, that is, that could be taken as a salacious fact, like an yeah, anti-honey right? kind of, you know. Well, of, you know that vegans won't or shouldn't technically eat honey. I am aware of this. Yeah. Although I have, I take a bit of issue with that case. Oh, you do? Well, I don't really give a shit. Do what you want. Sure. But I don't think, I, I, I kind of see honey as vegan. Yeah. Um, it is not a by, really a byproduct of it, an animal, is it? Um, well, that is that is a, a debate for sure. So a byproduct would be like butter. You know, you get right. it from the milk from the animal. You're not hurting or killing the animal. I mean, okay, let's assume that you're using correct practices sure. and all that kind of stuff. Then you get the milk from the cow, and then now you have this product that you can turn into something. It is of the animal, but not in a way that causes the animal harm and detriment. Yeah. You know, I same, suppose it is taking thing. it is taking uh well anyway, but that's like something that the animal is producing by itself without any assistance. Yes, and it's not even a product in a technical sense of the animal. It's more like the animal has taken something in, so it ingests it. Yes. Uh-huh. The bees, it, you mean. Exactly. Yeah. The bees do. But then the bees don't like take it in and then emit it out as a finished product exactly. from a different space. So it's like, you know, a cow eats grass and then creates milk. Uh-huh. This is, they take in the nectar, then they just regurgitate the nectar until it is at this certain level. They process it essentially biologically between themselves and then they store it and it's good to go. And it is still nectar. Yes. It is still just fructose and dextrose. Is uh, that fructose or? and sucrose. And sucrose. Yeah. Um, so I, I kind of am of the opinion that uh, I don't think I, th- I think honey might be vegan. IMO. Yeah, sorry, I should say uh, glucose and fructose. Is that what we said? Uh, I think so. Yeah. Okay, perfect. Anyway, just need to make sure we get our facts straight here. Of course. Um, I'm also curious what the bees seal up. So when we say honey, yes, we are talking about this 17% water. 18%. Eight. Excuse me. Please, you sir. Do, you don't don't even think about going to 17%. No, no, no. These are professionals, okay? <laughs> they know what they're doing. Uh, th- we're, what we're really talking about is this 18% uh, nectar. Yes. That is honey. Correct. So when you pull up a frame from a, uh, a honey, uh, a beehive. Yes. And it's like dripping with that honeycomb. Yeah, baby. That's just like, they just pack those things full. Yeah. Yeah. So when you take it away, you're taking away their winter reserves. You are. Correct. They just think they're it's like it's like a bug's life situation where the grasshoppers come in and take all the food. Yes, exactly. Yes. Yeah, same thing. Um so what do you what do beekeepers do to feed the bees over winter? I honestly don't know. Okay. I, I didn't I didn't go that far because funny enough, just talking about bees and honey is not the main topic today. <laughs> oh no. It's it's very funny. Don't worry about it. it, it this is a great way to do this. But <laughs> I really don't know. Okay. Like, I assume that that causes some of the bees in that hive to perish. Mm. And then you have queens that then get developed. If the queen dies, then new females basically vie for dominance until one of them becomes the queen. Wow. Then they 
they become, you know, the new thing. And so the hive can, you know, regenerate itself. If a hive gets too big, same thing happens. One female will just be like, I'm done because most bees, I think almost all bees are, um, are women. They're all sisters, just like ants. And then they go, whoop, move over, start a new hive. And now it's done. So I, I think if you take away too much honey, you will kill them. So they just have a lot of hives and they take away some honey from all of them. Okay. I think that's how it works. Enough to not totally decimate. Exactly. There's some, there's some <clears throat> level that you can do. So some bees surely are going to perish for the honey that we are taking away. But also they might just make way more extra honey. I don't yeah. know. Maybe, sure. Yeah, maybe they have have a maybe like farm honeybees have evolved to just like overproduce. <laughs> yes, that's very that could be exactly right. Yeah. Um, wild case. Yeah. So so here's a funny thing, and why we're talking about um, not necessarily bees getting their honey from this way. Mm-hmm. Someone sent this over, and I'm sorry, I can't figure out who you are. You know who you are, and we love you. <laughs> but uh, I think it's probably a year ago. Someone mm. sent us an article or something about. Um, honeydew honey. Yes. So I was like, what is, what even does that mean? So to clarify, honeydew is, is, comes from aphids. Exactly. Where they drink the sap out of a, or maybe the, yes, the sap. Yes. From a tree. Correct. Uh, usually oak. Is that, um, is that? No, lots of different species. Okay. I thought maybe they Even were. Even conifers. A oh, lot really? of different ones. Yeah. Okay. And then they, they go and hang out on a leaf, all bellies full. They go, oh, I got to pee. I drink so much sap. <laughs> and they, they urinate out uh, sugar water. Yes. And we can choose urination here because that is a fine a fine analogy, okay. but it's just, uh, it's another one of those things where when we bring it up to a human or like another animal kind of thing, uh-huh. it is a waste product, but there's only one waste product that comes from aphids. They don't have like, here's your poop. Oh, here's your pee. Yeah. It's just one thing that just comes out. <laughs> so that thing is honeydew correct which is essentially just sugar water that's been processed just by sugar aphid. water yeah which i also there's another fun thing that i learned hmm. so aphids um don't actually suck anything out they have piercing sucking mouth parts mm-hmm. but because <laughs> you put your uh you put your your little mouth part you punch in there just like a mosquito goes into um your your blood vessels yeah. your skin your your mosquito is not actually sucking anything out it's just the pressure of your blood is pushing into them so apparently this is the way it's described um for the uh this this article that i found which is very succinct by rusty burley um came out eight years ago um the tree branches of the tree vascular system is under pressure so as soon as they they stick in their mouth parts it then shoots the food into the actual insect Mm -hmm. and then that then pushes the rest out so they're kind of they're they're just kind of tapping into this system Uh as this other bit that kind of just goes whoop and then makes this little droplet and then that droplet oftentimes there's a couple different ways but they take a little um a little part and they flick it off because they don't want it to just cover them because if it covers them, other insects will be like, ooh, that tastes good and will then eat the, the little aphid. Wow. So they tend to flick it away. 
Interesting. When it does this, even um, butterflies will actually go find certain insects, and the butterflies will stick their little uh, their little proboscis out, Uh and they will put it right in front of the backside of an aphid. (laughs) And as the aphid's flicking away its honeydew, it just gets caught by the butterfly, and then it just sucks it in. I am stunned. Isn't that fucking so good? Fucking kinky, man. Oh, it's real kinky. Wow. Yeah, these butterflies are into some wacky, wacky stuff. (laughs) That is fascinating. Holy shit. So bees, well, I should say ants actually do this as well, Mm. where ants will squeeze an aphid and then pop out just a little bit of of the the honeydew and then they'll drink it up. You're kidding. Yeah, I've seen it. It's great. Aphids are just like living water balloons just walking around. Yeah, and they are farmed by ants. I think we've talked about this maybe a few times. I don't remember this. Wow. Ants actually perform in a literal sense animal husbandry it's like holy shit yeah wow they will not only protect aphids in there that's a they climb up this tree they find some aphids they're like sweet they will protect it from other predatory insects wow they will also move them from one spot to another spot do they, they keep them in an enclosure no, they don't have them in an enclosure. They just let them sit there on the branch because the aphids are just fine. They're doing their thing. Yeah. But every now and then they're like, oh, you should do your thing over here and they'll move them. That's amazing. It's been documented. Wow. So ants in our lindens, and this is why let's bring it back to our linden tree here. Yeah. For whatever reason, lindens are hotbeds for aphids. Yeah. They are almost completely immune to all insects there are, but they will just let aphids go ham and suck all their juices. Mm. Well, they'll let aphids take juices from them, whatever the way you want to describe it. And and what's the insert point for an aphid? Is it on uh, a leaf? It or? is. It's on the bottom side of the leaf okay. most of the time. Okay. Sometimes it's on the, the petiole, but the, the twigs are just a little bit too rough for most aphids. Oh. Some scale insects will get on them, but for okay. the most part, it's all on the leaf. That nice soft kind of yeah. skin to puncture. Exactly. So the aphids uh, spurred on by the ants will cover entire trees. So much so, if you go out right now in Portland, this is, uh, what, the third, fourth week week in August? Mm -hmm. If you go out in Portland and you walk underneath one of these trees, whether it's a linden or, in fact, a tulip poplar is also a pretty big, Mm. uh, let's say, hotbed for aphids, the ground underneath will be, like, shimmery black, the pavement, because so much sugar water has fallen from the trees, the leaves underneath other leaves will be shimmery because they have this layer of honeydew sugar water that's been on them. So they'll look, they'll be a little sticky and they will just be covered. Then underneath on the ground, there will be entire areas that look like it's wet. Like you'll be walking, driving, walking your bike through, you're doing whatever. You look over and you're like, wait a second. It looks like it's been raining underneath this tree. It has been. It's been raining honeydew. Amazing. So it's, so much that it kind of is a, is the base of this funny little ecosystem of ants and maybe some butterflies or moths or other insects that go and, and kind of go to their little cows and they suck up their little bits of honeydew. Yeah. Turns out that bees also do this. With honeydew? They do it with honeydew. Oh, this is This is the thing that blew my mind because exactly, Alex, you get it. Now we're full circle. So it turns out bees will go and find either honeydew that is um, this fresh that's on a leaf and they'll go and just suck it off of a leaf after it like drips down. 
Oh, okay. They don't, I don't, they might, but I haven't read anything that says they will go stand behind an aphid and take it straight from yeah. the inside. It would not surprise me if I just haven't come across that yet and it actually happens, but I can't confirm it. There's a chance. There's a chance. Insects have been around for a real long time. So here's the thing. They will do that most of the time if it's in the late summer and you essentially run out of flowers. So it takes about 50,000 bees per hive, 12 full lifetimes of a bee to make a teaspoon of sugar. Yeah. So they need a lot all the time. They will very often fly their way around, be like, well, there's no more flowers left. All the lindens have dropped all of their flowers. They will go find honeydew. They will turn that honeydew through the same process into honey. Wow. But instead of taking floral nectar, they take what is essentially the sap that's been run through a filter called an aphid. And I should know, aphids are getting like sugars, but a lot of amino acids, but it's like one to 2% of the sap of a tree, any given tree Hmm. will have amino acids that the insects like. So they just go through heaps and heaps and heaps and heaps and heaps of it until they get just these trace amounts enough to live. And it's it's almost the same volume in as out? Yes, exactly. Okay. Like by 98%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So these bees will collect this in times of strife. Apparently it's not as good for them. They don't like it. It's not quite mm. as nutritious as what you get from the nectar. It's a starvation food. It's a starvation food for bees. And then they turn it into honey. And then we eat it. That is awesome. We eat honey that comes from bees regurgitating the poop that comes from aphids. (laughs) That comes from trees. What a shit show. (laughs) Hey, man, when Thich Nhat Hanh says that everything is interconnected and (laughs) inter-existing, I mean, he's not kidding. So, so right. Now, apparently the flavor is like very robust. It's a little more intense. It has a little more spice to it, but not spice and like hotness or anything like that. It's just you you eat and you're like, ooh, that's that's robust honey. It's like a very honey flavor. Yeah, it kind of slaps you in the face. Oh, wow. I want to try this. Yeah, I I really wanted to, but apparently it's very expensive. I can see why. And I was like, I could go look to see if I can find some 10 minutes before we uh, we have to uh, (laughs) do our our recording. I was like, nah, Casey, maybe maybe we'll take your time. You know what, Case? This is this would be a great thing for us to try on a, our on a segment of trail snacks oh, where we tried yes. snacks from trees. Would love that so much. Let's find some. Let's do it. I would love that. Yeah, let's make it happen. But yeah, so that is uh that's kind of a funny thing. So bees are connected to lindens in like several different ways. Wow. They're very important plants for bees. And we can see that by how many bees suffered from that um pesticide yeah right like you know if you if you um i don't you know what i'm saying like if you uh uh it's like dusting for prints like oh yeah. all, see how many bees died all these bees are attracted to these linden trees exactly maybe it's in the spring because of the flowers and the flowers produce they're, they're just all over the tree and they're producing a bunch of nectar. They mm-hmm. smell great. Everything loves it. Yeah. But then later, once the later summer happens and the aphid population gets to you know a max level, they start producing a bunch of honeydew. The bees then switch from the nectar to the honeydew and that is their lifeline at the late season. Wow. Okay, so it's, it's, a, uh, it's a temporal snack. 
this honeydew honey. I think so, yeah. You, you got to jump on it at the right time. Exactly, because they bees don't prefer it. So they they will do all the other flowers first and then when they're like, "Well, okay, well we need some we need some help here." Then they would start looking at these other resources. I wonder if there's anything else that bees eat uh, very in times question. of strife. I don't know. That's a very good question. Casey, before we go to break, I've got one little question. Mm-hmm. What is wax? Wax. It's a it's a gland that I think the the bees make. I think it's actually from like the uh, the joints in their arms, uh-huh. and so they actually just create this little bit of wax and they harvest it off of their own bodies. Okay, and then they they turn it into the thing. It's like spider silk. I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It comes Roughly. from them. I'm cool. not 100 percent sure, but I know it is of the bee. So it's like a secretion from their body. Okay. somewhere. That's right. That's what I figured. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, Casey, uh, what a what a great tale, and not tragic at all which i'm i'm yes. really glad for honestly we, we we we've turned it around we're yeah. just talking about the way that animals have like really like you said everything is connected yeah amazing i'm happy you noted that we've done our we've done our bump we've done our honeybee tragedy and we've done our honeybee comedy exactly and according to shakespeare we've covered the bases i guess we sh- we could do an epic oh maybe we could have a hun- some sort of honeybee soliloquy oh, soliloquy okay. bee a soliloquine bee just turns to the camera. Hi. I know it's not a type of play. I'm just going to talk to you. Yeah, it's just a, a piece in it. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. That would be actually kind of fun because I have opinions on bees. There's a lot of save the bees stuff. Yeah. And uh, you don't D- really need to. Don't tell me you're anti-save the bees. Okay. <laughs> Is this something that humans have co-opted to, yeah. to reign uh, moral superiority over each other. Do you really want to know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, of course. So here's the here's the quick version. Hey, you know what? We're gonna cut this out and put it on the Patreon. Oh wow, we can do that. Okay. Well, there you go. That was our uh, that was Casey's uh, Save the Bees rant. Yeah. And we hope you enjoyed it. We hope you enjoyed it. Thanks, everyone. This is the content everyone really wants. <laughs> uh, yeah, we had to cut that out, but. Casey, just, uh, just keep keep talking. That's fine. <laughs> hey, Case, we got to take a break. We got to take a break. But when we come back, we're going to review the Linden. We're going to play a game, and we're going to take a listener question, but we can't do so before some ads. Sorry. We'll be right back with Completely Arbitrary. Welcome back to Completely Arbitrary. That was our discussion of the silver linden. That is Tilia tomentosa. Nice. Casey, it's time for our review. Oh, thank you, Casey. We have the AC running. It's a hot as fuck day, as you, as you might call it. And uh, we in, on our breaks, we've been having the AC pumping. Yeah. We forgot to turn it off, and I uh, kind of wish you hadn't remembered, Case. <laughs> very sorry, Alex. No, my later sorry. I will be glad that you remembered when I'm editing this. <laughs> yeah, you're like, oh, thank God. Uh, so here's how our review works. We're going to give some final thoughts about this tree and then give it a rating of 0 to 10 golden cones of honor, Casey. Yes, sir. As a resident expert, we'll begin with you. I appreciate that. So I have to admit that the Lindens have fallen out of favor for me. Wow. Of recent. It's mostly because... Um, a, the amount of honeydew that comes from them is atrocious. Like, it's just a lot. Yeah. Like, it really does cause you to be like, this does suck. Like, especially later in like right now in August, later summer. You told a story once about you trying to enjoy a backyard. Yeah. And trying to relax and you noticed that it felt like it was raining. 
even though it was clear blue sky and you realized that you were being rained upon by honeydew. Yes. Yeah. It was the worst. It's, it's not that it's like going to kill you. It's not going to do anything. It's fine. Like it has no effect on anything except for sometimes it makes things sticky and yeah. kind of goofy. Um, it will also like get some, uh, like black mold kind of stuff growing on it. But again, that doesn't do anything. It's not like a black mold that's going to kill anything. It's just, yeah, you leave sugar water around. There's going to be an organism that's going to take advantage of mm. it. So, um, the other thing that's fallen out of favor is that little leaf linden is planted pretty often here mm. in the city of Portland and they are just overplanted, but it's kind of the only tree I've ever really seen historically planted. And now recently I'm seeing that they're planting things like the American linden and the, uh, our lovely silver linden. Yeah. And of all the lindens that I'm familiar with, I think that I most most fully enjoying the silver linden overall. I love the flowers. I think they're beautiful. It's also one of the most uh, later lindens to flower. Mm. So it's one of the last. So it does, uh, instead of everything blooming at once, you get this one that's like, hey, also, you know what? Did you miss that? Because here's some more. Uh, <laughs> a little and epilogue. I, exactly. I think that's, I think it's pretty cool. And the, the two-tone color of their leaves, I think is just die for yeah like i just really think that's a beautiful beautiful thing it's a great look yeah and most most trees don't have that most lindens don't have that so it's really only this one and i think the um american linden uh has has kind of another kind of appearance like that of, of course the most probably the most uh my personal favorite but i would say one of the most popular two-tone leaves the magnolia yes totally with like the brown on the top yeah. on the bottom and the very bright green on yeah, top yeah that rusty yeah. orange on the bottom it's, just, it's gorgeous it's so right? curious and unique yeah and i i dig that kind of uh that that color profile especially writ large with a giant tree yeah because then you're just like wow the whole pattern is just great mm. so there are two that i i'm pretty sure they are silver lindens next to a frisbee field and i just love them every time i play mm. next to them so I am keeping that in mind. This is probably my favorite of all the lindens that I've had a lot of experience with. But it's also a tree that I'm like, oh, another linden. Get creative. Like, sure. They're a little overplanted as just a, as a genus, in my opinion. They are also, they, they don't do anything too spectacular, but they do what they do very well. They grow, they take the, the kind of rough street tree conditions perfectly fine. You almost never, I don't think I've ever seen a linden planted Again, I want to say ever, but you just don't see them in the nursery trade being planted as like front yard or backyard trees. Hmm. Maybe a few times here and there I've seen it, but 90% of the time they are a street tree. Always a street tree. Working the streets. Exactly. Maybe a park tree. Uh, Columbia Park here in Portland has a bunch of big lindens, uh, hmm. some silver lindens over in Peninsula Park. Like they're around. And I just am kind of like, on one side, I'm like, yeah, that's a big tree doing big tree stuff. It's looking great. The other side of me is like, it's just another tree, just doing another tree stuff. It doesn't really jump out of me. Uh, I'm sorry, what? Is that flowers? <laughs> so that's it. It's like blackberries. Uh, I like blackberries one time of the year right now when the yeah, blackberries are sure. out. Every other time, despise them. I mean, that's more understandable right? to me, by the way. I, okay, so that, that's, that's a little bit where I'm at, but it's not a like- for one time and dislike the rest of it. Mm -hmm. It's neutral, whatever, fine, eh, cool, great, and then spectacular. 
amazing yeah triumphant glorious because if i recall you also love the smell of linden flowers so good yeah it is my favorite thing in like june early july you're riding your bike down the street and you're just like the air is filled with floralness Mm. it's just a delight gorgeous so i'm i'm gonna go like 7.2 i think like it's not high but these trees are not trees that really just stun they're trees that do a good job and they have this big peak of stunningness and they're also too hard to identify i cannot with confidence walk out and say this is anything but a little leaf linden. I can tell you with confidence, eh, yeah, that's a little leaf linden. But then it, anything else, I'm like, ah, what is that? It's interesting because lindens have such a, a strong characteristic in these bracts. Right? You can get to linden really easily. Yeah, but then to get past that, it's like yeah, a it's little just, harder. It's really hard. And, I, and I'm, I'm writing this tree ID book as we speak. And I'm yes. like, okay, what is it? that you can use to tell these trees apart without <laughs> using like DNA. And oh, whoops, they also hybridize sometimes. So you're just like, oh, God dang it. Yeah. But they're, they're also not invasive in our area. So you don't really see lindens hybridizing, creating a third kind of linden that then grows up and causes trouble. So I think most of the things that are being planted are a specific species and probably cultivar. And that's about it. So I'm confident that I can go out there and one day do this. <laughs> Today is not that day. And silver linden is probably the one that I'm most confident about other than the, the little leaf linden. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm really trying to dial it in. Hey, you got those two. Yeah, I'll probably give it an extra point three or four once I can start telling it apart. Like once, <laughs> once, I, once we get to know each other a little bit, you know. So unfair. It is, it is really unfair. <laughs> too, too bad though. 7.4, is that what you said? Uh, no, 7.2 I think 7.2. Well, Casey, yeah. I just want to note that the little leaf linden you rated a 6.8 wow. so this this okay. is better in your eyes or maybe it's just a you're having a good day or whatever but. i think that that is accurate because little leaf linen dime a dozen it's yeah. overplanted all over the place this is less planted so sure. when you see one and it has that really intense two-tone appearance i'm much more like oh yeah that for sure that is a cool linden on the scale of coolness that linden's sit on <laughs> which is a pretty esoteric scale it's pretty cool yeah. anyway. uh, 7.2 i love imagining you having like a folder of all these scales <laughs> yeah right <laughs> like what would the pine scale look like it would be huge <laughs> the investigators be, find it yeah like, what the fuck was he up to Who is this guy this freak. A psychopath <laughs> 7.2 golden cones of honor yep. for the silver That's what i'm gonna go with alex uh what do you think is one who has opinions that i hold very highly well I will say, speaking of opinions... With high regard. Thank you. Excuse me. Speaking of opinions, um, the fact that honeybees love this tree so much makes me think very highly of it. Mm. You know? If you... If you... uh, If your friend who has really great taste in music recommends a band, you're like, oh, they must be good. That is a very curious way to approach this yeah well that's 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 kind of what i'm basing my uh uh, score off that's my big that's my big structural beam here yeah all right um physically lindens are all right in my book i like the two-tone leaf that's that's curious i love seeing that anytime that happens this bract is unlike anything i've ever seen on a tree which is pretty cool it's crazy isn't it that's that should be notable yeah um I, I like kind of I like the fuzzy uh, the mm. fuzzy branch. Yep, tomatoes, baby. 
Uh, oh, right. Yes, that's right. It's uh, top to bottom, a fuzzy tree. It really is. And you know what? Bumble, uh, uh, honeybees, very fuzzy animals. Mm-hmm. Bumblebees also, yeah, just like you were about to say. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. I, I'm not sure the difference, but we can talk about that some other time. Oh, yeah, yeah. This is not a bee podcast. <laughs> uh, you could, could have fooled me. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I th- I think, and, and, the, and the, the honeydew thing, you know, I'm not personally affected by, like, honeydew raining mm, on me mm-hmm. or my deck or, you know. Yeah. Um, my car. I mean, that would be a fucking nightmare. Yeah, everyone would hate that. But honestly, yeah. just spray some water on it. Call it good. Yeah, I mean, it's like one more thing I have to do in my day, Casey. It's true. <laughs> the, uh, here, I, there is an alternative option. Yeah. Stop caring. <laughs> just, just turn oh, that would on. Fix so many of my problems. Oh yeah, it would fix so many problems in the United States. It's all over the place. Yeah, yeah, I think that it would be the easiest thing for people to do, which I'm doing with my truck. I have it parked underneath uh, oh. some European birch trees, mm-hmm. and it just they also get covered in little drops of, yeah. of honeydew. Just turn on your windshield wipers with your little squirts on. You're good to go. Got my little squirts on. Yeah, get, ooh, ooh, get your squirts on. <laughs> squirts over there. All right. I mean, yeah, not caring. Deciding that deciding that society is wrong and you shouldn't give a shit about something is very freeing. Yeah, right. Um, I've done that with many things in the last couple mm-hmm. of years, and I, I'm a much more peaceful man than I was a few years ago. Yeah, excellent, Alex. Anyway, Lindens, they're all right in my book, kid. And I give them a, I give this one, the Silver Linden, a well-earned, respectable 6.8. A respectable 6.8. This okay. is not like a, an insult at all. It it doesn't it doesn't like really grab me, you know what I'm giving a higher rating to is honeybees. Oh really? I'm giving honeybees like a fucking nine. Wow. Uh, you know what? Screw it. Honeybees get a ten. What? You can't just like willy nilly throw around a whole point, a whole well, cone. I'm doing it. Jeez, very <laughs> these cavalier are, of you. These are honey cones of honor. Oh, I see. Honey cones of honor. Oh, honey cones. One of my favorite breakfast cereals. Yeah, I never really liked them actually. Not my thing. <laughs> Well, uh, that was our review of the Silver Linden. Casey, it's time for a game, one that I loved playing. We've only played once. We had to check our list, and we were like, what have we, what haven't we played in a while? Uh-huh. This one jumped out. Yes, it did. On this podcast, tree puns are very important to us. They are. As I'm sure you know, if you've listened to it to any extent. And we made a whole game out of it, Casey. This is a little bit pun tree, a little bit log and soil. I'm a little bit pun tree, I'm a little bit log and soil, I got a little bit of roots in ash hill, and a little bit of nitrogen in my bowl, I don't know if it's wood or bad, but I know I love it, so I'm a little bit pun tree, I'm a little bit log and soil. Oh, All right, yeah. Case. Just makes my day every time. You know what we got to do? We got to get you to sing that because that song is a duet. Oh yeah, that's right. We got to get you to sing the other part. Who sings that initially, originally? Donnie and Marie, Donnie brother sister. And uh, Marie, the Osmonds. Yes, yeah. Oh, okay. Um, Casey, this is how this game works. We are going to choose a popular recording artist. Okay. We are going to look at a list of their most popular hits. Huh? And we are going to come up with tree puns based on the titles of those songs. Here's what I think we should do. Yeah. Britney Spears. Wow. Because we just brought it up, and of course we're listening to Donnie and Marie. Donnie and who? Uh, Donnie, Donnie and Marie. Donnie yeah. and Marie. Casey, I love it. 
I had yesterday presented something that's quite opposite from that. Yes. That's something that I'd like to do. I don't know if you actually listened to that album. I did, actually. Pretty good, isn't it? Yeah, I liked it a lot. It's so good. The it album w- we're talking about, of course, is Nighthawks of the Diner by Tom Waits. Yeah, so we were going to do Tom Waits songs. Uh, to me, Britney Spears is way more fun for yeah, this I, particular game. When I went home, I was listening to it on the way home, and I was like, this is so good. I just love this so much. And I was like, does anyone know any Tom Waits songs? Does Alex know any Tom Waits songs? I know. The puns don't work if nobody knows what you're referencing. <laughs> exactly. So I was like, oh, this is this is probably going to be just a little too inside. Maybe. Maybe so, Casey. Yeah. Um, so here's how it's going to work. We're going to set a little timer for ourselves. We will time travel for you the listener and be right back after a musical sting we are going to spend a few minutes coming up with puns and we'll let you know what we find that's exactly right three two one pun all right we're back hello welcome back alex i have no idea uh how well i did mostly because even though this is something that i said yeah we should let's do britney spears Mm -hmm. I don't know any of her music. Like, I know obviously the famous ones like yeah. from way back when, yeah. but I don't know any of the names and like the, the, the more popular songs that yeah. in the last like, I don't know, 10 or 15 years. I mean, that's the, that's the crazy part is Britney Spears has been producing music like nonstop since, since the nineties. Yeah. 1999 is when her first album came out. Yeah. It's okay. Ridiculous. Wow. Just a schoolgirl back then. <laughs> she's so lucky she's a star she is uh casey do you want to start with your first uh with your first pun yes i will my first pun is strong burr <laughs> and that's on her uh seminal album roots i did a stem <laughs> roots i did it a stem oh i messed it up Roots, I did it. A stem, yeah, is I great. <laughs> I don't know how good that is. That's wonderful. That is so much better than my. Oops, I did it again. What did you, okay, what did you get? Was oops a fid a fid in a glen? <laughs> you could just be a fit again. No, yeah, right. in a glen, like you know, a little valley. Yeah, in a mountain. I see. Yeah, okay, yeah. That's oops, a fit in a glen. <laughs> oops, a fit in a glen. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, uh, yeah. You did a stem. A root in a, a stem is great. <laughs> um, okay. Okay. You want to go again? No, no, no. You go. I, I technically did two the first time. Okay. Well, mine mine is, um, uh, well, I'll go with, I'll go like what I consider worst to best. Oh, so okay. Let's see. Um, this is pretty bad. Don't you, uh, uh, don't you know that your talk stick Oh, see that? Yeah, that's good. A little yeah. bit of low hanging fruit. I really tried to come up with a with a good toxic one. I can't come up with a thing. I wanted to be like, uh, "Ooh, you know that you're a leliopathic." <laughs> like, I don't think that gets you there. Don't you know that your box elder's sick? Yeah. Oh, that's a good one. It has uh, box elder it's disease. Box elder bug. Hi everyone. This is Alex. I'm editing the episode right now, and. Uh, quickly just i cannot believe i didn't think of this in the moment but i just i will leave you with don't you know that your taxes okay back to the episode okay you go case my next one is i'm not a burl not yet a wool am i <laughs> which is of course the song uh song i'm not a girl not yet a woman yeah so in and it's as long as it works because uh they do sprout a lot from a, a burly base oh the wool am i pine interesting just saying they're burly headed. Yeah. So uh, I'm not a burl. Not yet a wool am I. <laughs> Casey looked very longingly at me. I did. <laughs> um, uh, how about this one? Uh, um, 
baby one more lime and then in parentheses tree oh see i have another one for that what is what is it baby one more sime (laughs) which is the fruit of a lime tree right which is another term for linden wow casey making all sorts of connections today really good one um uh your turn casey uh soda poplar from the song soda pop which everyone knows about Soda Pop. It's one of her most famous songs. Of course. Duh. It's not a deep cut from a from a relatively unknown record oh at all. Oh my God. It's got 4 million listens, okay, right. on That's Baby like on One More Time. That's like on the low end for Britney Spears. <laughs> it is because uh, Baby One More Time has 664 million. Yeah. So, Just yeah. on that record, by the way, that song appears on several other like re-releases. Oh, and, yeah. And so Jeez. it's in the billions for sure. Yeah, most definitely. So yeah, I think uh, Soda Pop, uh, the fourth song just is uh has got so many plays because four million people decided not to skip over it to go to born to make you happy right so you know <laughs> which is really born to make you sappy to perfect be clear. wow off the cuff um i'm a gave for you a what a gave like agave Oh, I'm a god for, for you. you. Oh, that's a that's a stretch, Alex. Yeah, you know. <laughs> said they were bad. You did, you did. I should I should have accepted that. Um, I'll I'll tack this one on there. Uh, Trunky, which is uh, a parody of Lucky. Oh, Trunky! Oh, she's so Trunky. She's so Trunky. <laughs> she's a star fruit. <laughs> we should cover the starfruit case uh so i have right here you drive me isn't it? i think one of the songs is you drive me crazy mm-hmm. and i i apparently didn't finish it so i don't know anything for crazy but i was trying to come up with something for that mm. you drive me i i know there's people listening right now just screaming at their phone <sighs> yeah being like, this is the pond it's waiting for you it's, it's right there honestly usually if it doesn't come to me in an instant it doesn't come oh to me. okay yeah that's fair puns are very very uh temporal all right well i'll go to the next one yeah. i want to grow oh, from yeah. her famous album femme fatale the song i want to grow stem fatale stem fatale god dang it why did <laughs> see all i gotta do alex is just think one step further uh, i want to grow from her famous album stem fatale i want to grow uh speaking of grow what you seed is what you get <laughs> oh that's a good one i love that which is literally true it is it is exactly what you see it is what you get that's, unless of course unless of course you're an apple i have one more alex all right it's a it's a it's a it's from her album britney jean and it's work bitch but really it's work birch <laughs> it's really hard for me to say that work birch for those of you who uh don't understand editing that took me three takes <laughs> Uh, my last one here, um, which I, I said that I was saving the best for last, but I can't stand by that statement. <laughs> I just um, give it up. Tree Against the Music featuring Madrona. Oh, that is that is so good. Oh, my God. Yeah. So I'm fully, fully on board with that being the best one. <laughs> How did. would you feel as a young, a young girl growing up in the 90s? Mm-hmm eventually doing a of uh you know a collaboration with madonna 
like a young pop star yeah. growing up in the nineties. Eventually, you get to t- you get to team up with fucking Madonna. It would be insane. It's like the biggest one of the biggest pop stars of all time of I'm, all time. I mean, at least in the top five, I would say, right? I, yeah, I think it would be a wild thing to have happen. Where yeah. you just are hanging out, you're living your life, and you you think you're doing good and then you get an email from madonna <laughs> or i guess at that point it'd be you get a call from madonna's publicist yeah <laughs> hey we want you to be on this it'd be like having prince call you yeah you know and you're really? just like ha, ha, i don't even know how to speak right now <laughs> what am i supposed to say I just think yeah the thing. yeah that would be wild that's good that's a really good point i guess i bet that's where um the, the lyric comes from She's so trunky. She is so Probably trunky. about working with it's, Madrona. It's about, it's about Madrona. That was <laughs> a little bit punchy, a little bit log and soil. Casey, it is time for our completely arbitrary Q&A. And of what course, this question comes from the Patreon, the Q&A tier, three bucks a month, and you get a chance to have your question read on the pod. Casey, this week, our question comes from Giselle. Bonjour, Giselle. Bonjour. Giselle says... More of a thought experiment than a question. Okay. Okay. Think of one of your favorite non-tree foods. Non-tree foods. What would the tree be like that grows it? Oh, I didn't think that's where this question was going to go. <laughs> For instance, would oh. a cheese pizza tree be broadleaf or a conifer? Yeah. Would wow. the pizza be part of the fruit or the bark, etc.? Thank you, Giselle. Oh, man. Okay. Just to take that, the, the cheese pizza would be a part of the bark. The, the crusty crust... Uh-huh. On the bottom, that is the out, outer bark. Uh-huh. And then you have to take and peel it off. And then on the inside, it, the cheese is what was holding. The cheese is the cambium. So you like split wow. it like, like, a, like, like cinnamon and you just peel it <laughs> off. And you lay it down and you let it cook in the sun a little bit. I think the cheese would be like... Um the bark, like a paper bark uh-huh. that kind of peels off like string cheese. Oh, I see. Okay, yeah. It also affects the cheese. <laughs> so he's really a genius. Okay. Well, Casey, what is your what is one of your favorite non-tree mm. foods? It's hard to think of a non-tree food because most food, I mean, like you can think of like a dish, I guess, yeah, is what right? this is really asking. Well, I would go tacos. Like, oh, yeah, baby. Tacos are one of my favorite Favorite foods. Like what what uh, what meat in there? I really like carnitas. Okay. Carnitas is my favorite kind of taco. With a salsa verde, perhaps? No, actually, I don't like salsa verde. I actually prefer salsa rojas. You're surprising me today. Sorry, I'm very sorry. Especially smart. with pork. Mm. Yeah. Not like to say it. that you can't, you know. But, Think, yeah. But salsa it. verde and pork are very hand in hand. Oh, I didn't know that. For sure. No, well, shoot. I've been doing this wrong for a long time. <laughs> um, but let's see. But I also really like pizza. I like, uh, I like pepperoni pizza specifically. Yeah. And what else do I like? I like... Um, Dino nuggets. I, I <laughs> <laughs> sure do. Yeah, I've had lots of those. Corn um, dogs. The... I like I I eat a lot of a lot of good vegetables. I like tomatoes, but those those are fruit. Yeah, I think that that if I say that, what would it be like? It'd just be a tree like nightshade. That doesn't count. Well, I think we should aim more toward a dish. Yes, like tacos is a good example. Okay. Uh, For tomatoes, it could be like a big cob salad. Yeah, I'm you gonna know? take ravioli as another. Oh, one. perfect. Like, I like pesto ravioli. Oh yeah, a lot. Yeah, yeah. One time I had really good gnocchi also spectacular you're a ravioli boy i do i like before yeah yeah, you're also a pesto freak i like pesto quite a bit i had so much and in fact you offered me some and i Uh said no i can't i need to finish what i have i was stunned yeah i'll still take it i mean if you want to force it on me 
It's accepted. No, I'll 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 cook with it tonight. Okay. Anyway, so uh, a ravioli tree. What would you? What do you see a ravioli? How would a ravioli yeah. grow on a tree? I think a ravioli would be a conifer. Interesting. I think it would be a conifer. Uh, because I think that it would be it would be green year round, obviously because it's covered in pesto. Mm. But I think here's how it happens: in the springtime, there's little teeny tiny raviolis, like little tiny cones. Okay. And they're 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 small. They're flattened. They're very like uh, they look sickly because they haven't filled out with their with their innards yet. Are they kind of dry and undercooked? Um. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. 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 Little little kind of dusting. Some yeah. some pubescence. Uh. Little tomatoes on the outside. Uh-huh. So they're very small because, of course, the little ravioli packets have to open up ever so slightly as conifers. It's naked seeds. They just have seeds sitting between those two scales. Mm -hmm. Those two scales open up ever so slightly on all four sides. So they kind of go like this. And then... Little little uh, little bits of little bits of cheese and some mushrooms, some little mushroom spores get mm-hmm. in there. And this is the thing: it colonizes that little space and creates its own little ecosystem. Love it. A little fungus and uh, a couple couple things. So, oh, yeah. as everyone knows, um, it is fungus that creates cheese. It's fungus that creates uh, f- mushrooms, etc. Oh yeah. So these things come together. It's also cows. Exactly. Cows are involved. So in this case, uh, let's just say that um, you know, it's already in there. It's vegan. Exactly. Vegan. This is vegan cheese. So it all grows inside. And then it, uh, as the season goes on, uh, it starts to rain. And as it rains, the green from the trees, it's literally just exuded from the leaves and the twigs. Mm. So when rain hits it, it actually covers the, the fruit itself as the fruit is expanding wow. and maturing. As it gets fully matured, it becomes uh, it becomes a little more fleshy, becomes a little more a little more moist and water filled, mm-hmm. and then it becomes succulent. And then, as that's happening, it's also getting covered in delicious runoff pesto <laughs> from the evergreen coniferous uh, needles wow. above it. Then you just pluck them off, shake the branches a little bit, get a little drizzle. Mm-hmm. What a what a delightful trail snack. That, that sounds. That sounds great. I love that. Case. I'm going to do that tonight. <laughs> Very well done. Can I can I pitch something for that tree? Oh yeah. That the pollen <clears throat> is like uh, is like pulverized uh, powder powder uh, Parmesan cheese. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like uh, nutritional yeast almost. Oh yeah. Uh, in terms of like mm-hmm. consistency, perhaps. Yeah. Yes. I or Parmesan cheese. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or Parmesan cheese. <laughs> Fine. That sounds great, Casey. Wow. Yeah. That's so what creative. I would do. Uh, if it's uh, if it's tacos, um, then that would actually be uh, it would be a broadleaf for tacos. Mm. Obviously, it'd also be an evergreen, semi-tropical, probably some from from uh, South America. Okay. Uh, Central America, most likely, and uh, the tacos would go, and they they would actually be upside down, which is you wouldn't expect that. But really, the stuff that's inside the taco is meant to open when the taco opens, and then it all falls out and spreads the seeds of the taco tree. Uh-huh. In this case, they stay shut as they're upside down, and the uh, they end up growing kind of like an almond, and then they'll split open when they get nice and, uh, let's say, done. They split open, right. and they release everything down, kind of flutters to the ground. Okay. So in order to eat it, you got to pick them just before they open. Yeah. You go there, you harvest them all, and then you flip them right side up, and you just give them a little little toast, and then they just go oop, and they kind of open up, <laughs> and then when they're open up, and they're a little, they leave them out, get them, let them dry a little bit, get crunchy on the outside. Mm. Yeah, that's my and, taco. Tree. And the sap to the of the taco tree 
is you you can tap it like maple syrup. Yes, yeah, and yeah. And it's salsa roja. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. So it's also it comes from like a very uh, it's like a dragon blood tree. Yes, that that was what but, I was imagining. Yeah, but a blood a broad leafed dragon blood tree. <laughs> The next tacos sounds delicious, Casey. I Boy, I'm, I'm really like unrelated though. I'm very hungry. Oh right yeah, now. I could I could go get it. Surprisingly, I'm feeling like crunchy tacos, which I Ooh. know are like not traditional tacos. Your American taco then, night, huh? It does like it. I love myself a mom taco. I do love a mom taco. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. wow. How do I follow that? Uh, Use your stomach. Let's see. What's one of my favorite dishes? Uh, you know, right now I'm really into teriyaki chicken. Oh, okay. All right. With like Mac salad. Yeah. Um, so maybe something over from Southeast Asia. Potentially or the Hawaiian islands. Yeah. Um, that's true. Yeah. I think this might be, how about, this is a little salacious. It could be a palm. Oh, and, uh, salacious indeed. It grows these sort of, um, almost coconut looking things. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. I see it. But they're kind of, um, they're not as fibrous on the outside, so yeah. you can like easily peel them. You can kind of just get them open with your bare hands. Uh huh. Okay. And then on the inside is the uh, the meat, yeah, so to speak. So to plant speak. based, right? Yeah. Um, so you have to slice that, and that's your chicken. Ooh, but then I see, the coconut yeah. mi- co- coconut milk I'm putting in quotes, yeah, is uh, if you reduce that, it turns syrupy and dark, delicious, and kind of toasted. And that's your that's your teriyaki sauce. I see. Okay, the teriyaki palm. I think. Yeah, the teriyaki palm. Yeah. I love that idea. Um, so you just, like you go harvest all these big these big round fruit. Mm-hmm. You rip them open. Yeah. You you carve out the flesh. You cut it up, and then you you reduce the the juicy part. Yes. And then that becomes a whole meal. That's right. Stunning. And then you take just stunning. You take strips of the bark. Okay. And you put it in boiling water, uh-huh. and it kind of it kind of like breaks up naturally, yeah, yeah. into um, into this sort of rice texture, mm, and you I just see, yeah. you steep it, and it soaks up all the water and becomes nice fluffy rice. Sounds great. And then of course you need your mac salad, which you you go down the street to the good Hawaiian food place. <laughs> you get your the mac food salad. And get some mac it salad. Doesn't grow on trees. <laughs> uh, thank you so much, Giselle. What, what a fun a one. Fun question, Casey. I love you those really questions. went off. You're so good with these kind of like uh, creative thought experiments. Oh, wow. Thank you, Alex. <laughs> I think you're great, Adam. Oh, thanks, Casey. Yeah, you think about it. You think about them in a higher a higher way than I do. I think. I don't know if that's true. Yeah. I think you're being a little little derogatory to yourself. Well, I'm just lifting you up. Well, you have in order to lift others up, you have to push others down. That is true. It is a (laughs) it's an equal and opposite reaction. If you want to ask us a question for the podcast or a patron exclusive Q and A episode, join up patreon.com slash arbitrary pod. Of course, the crown jewel of our Patreon is the Cone of the Month Club. That's right. Where you get a monthly cone sticker illustrated by a different artist every month, including it, a little info card. And this month, Alex. The artist this month is none other than our very own Alex Croson. Hey, Croson. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I will be drawing a, what is it, Case? Uh, uh, this is the Umbrella Pine Cyadopides Verticolata. Uh, yes, yes, that's Very right. Exciting. Oh, Umbrella Pine. Yeah. Oh, it is Umbrella Pine. That's what they call it, yeah. Oh, my not God. Not a true pine, not a true umbrella. Well, what, uh, what can be? Uh, join up for 10 bucks a month, 
and you get a card, an info card, and a cone sticker every month. Build your own cone collection while supporting this podcast that hopefully you love very much. That's right. You also get access to all the previous cones that we've ever had. That's right. So if you are new to it and you're thinking to yourself, well, my Arboretum is completely lacking because I'm so late to the game. I didn't know this. What regret? Fret not. Put Mm -hmm. your regret in the toilet. You don't need any more because you join the Cone Month Club and you get everything. Could you tell that my rhyme scheme quickly just I'm glad you ditched it and went for (laughs) put it in the toilet. Oh, but that was going to be so good. Maybe that just makes me more of a beat poet. Yeah, potentially. A little bit of a Tom Waits figure. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we also have a merch store that you can go get yourself some arbitrary merch, arbitrarypod.com slash merch. We got stickers, we got t shirts. We will soon have a plethora more. That's right. Casey Clapp. Alex Croson, what an episode. Thank you so much. Thank you. <laughs> I, I I like thinking that I thanked you for uh complimenting the episode as if I was the one who brought all the information and I think yeah, yeah that's science speak. You, you spot on. It's exactly what you got. Isn't it weird that we have a science podcast? Yeah, it really is. It's really, yeah, very funny. With that, we thank you for listening to this episode of Completely Arbitrary. We'll see you next time. Goodbye. Bye. Completely Arbitrary is produced by Alex Croson and Casey Clapp. Our artwork is by Jillian Barthold, and our music is by Aves and the Mini Vandals. And you can support the podcast at patreon.com slash arbitrarypod. And find additional readings at completelyarbitrary.com. Thanks for listening. 